Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Good, everybody. Welcome to the SB Nation NFL show. This is The Look Ahead. I am Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation. He is RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. What up, RJ? Stats, you need to apologize. I watched Chippendale over the weekend last week. It ruled. You were wrong. Suck it. I mean, that is just absurd. How could you buy into that? just nostalgia trap that these movie studios are putting out now like who was pining for a rescue rangers reboot it was it's it's not a reboot to be very clear like it's a really i like meta things like it's a really uh meta movie like have you seen or seen the like talk about um what is that movie that like everywhere all the places all at once you know movie i'm talking everything about? Like, everywhere all at once yeah like it's kind of like that's a little bit different but like i like movies that are like they make you think a little bit more so it was kind of like that which i you know was a little bit unexpected so i enjoyed it i highly recommend dude don't try to sell me on the depth of the chippendale movie no thanks um before we get any deeper in the show i want to remind you that we are brought to you by DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl download the DraftKings sportsbook app today use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up even if you want to bet on nba games or anything else use SBNNFL. you get the special offer only at DraftKings. also not gonna lie rj i'm a little upset with the people okay i want uh, some ratings and some reviews We've hit a little bit of a dry patch. We had pre- so we had like five last week. I appreciate everybody reaching out, you know, when they found out that the oddcast was going to take a little bit of a hiatus. But we do other shows. I want to hear from the people. We need to give people a specific question that they need to answer. And I think we have it. Okay. I think that it was your idea for the show today. Ah, here's your which okay. is five things we would like to guarantee happen for the upcoming season. So do you want to know like the genesis for the idea? And I do. Okay. So um, it can be a struggle to, know, to come up with content this time of year. And I was walking <laughs> my dog and I just thought like, man, if I could like, because when I tweeted it out from the blog of the boys account and a lot, I, I tweeted what, if you could guarantee three games as victories for the Cowboys this season, which ones would you choose? And some people took that to mean like, if you had to bet, right? Like if you had right. to be like supremely confident in and I don't mean it that way at all. I mean it like if you could wave a magic wand and you could guarantee three games as wins, which would those be? And then, you know, we fleshed out the argument like, you know, and, and a lot of people are like, well, I would want to beat the Bengals because I want to prove myself. No, you don't. That game means nothing. Like, like that's not the one you want to choose. Like, you would rather beat the Lions than the Bengals if you're a Cowboys fan. Like, so that's where the genesis for the idea came up. I actually have a list of seven. Shout out to Monica Geller. Um, and uh, I'm ready to rip through it if you are, Stats. I have seven things that I would like to guarantee happen throughout the 2022 NFL season. 
Seven, 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 seven. Uh, I have a couple on my side as well, so we'll get to all of that. Uh, let's start. Number one, the, the thing, your first, your fastball on the list. So, look, I understand that I have gotten a lot of compliments around here uh, for my objectivity and my impartiality and, frankly, my integrity uh, as far as covering the Dallas Cowboys. But number one on my list stats the Dallas Cowboys won the Super Bowl. Like, how can I not say that? Like, <laughs> if I have to pick one thing that I want to happen more than anything, but hear me out. So, look, I know that you don't want to see the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. I know BLG doesn't want to see the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. I know that you would not derive any joy from that. All right? You know, and I'm sure you've said at one point or another, you know, the NFL is so much better when the Raiders are good. Or pick a team. I'm sure you've said that sentence at some point in your life. 100%. It, it would be, and I think, I think even the most ardent Cowboys hater can acknowledge this. It would be incredible theater if the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. It, it would be a show. Like it, it would be, it, it would be incredible. I mean, like it, it would be amazing. And so, like for the, I just, I just want to see it. I, I want to see that happen. I want to see the like the fallout, the domino effect. Like I want to see the chaos and the anarchy and the jubilation. I mean, the celebration, the pizzazz of it all would be massive. I mean, it, it would be the NFL on steroids for an entire offseason. And I, I think that would be fun. That would be fun to experience. Obviously, I have a, a much higher level of bias towards that fun, but I do think that objectively it would be for most football fans. I, like you said, obviously don't want to see that. But what it would do is it would give us a villain. And we have not had a real NFL villain since Brady was winning his Super Bowls with the Patriots. Like nobody, I mean, maybe some people hate the Chiefs, but they have not reached that level where like people hate watched the Patriots because they were so good and they won so often like Duke basketball, like the mm -hmm. Yankees. That that was the villain that fans of other teams could unite in their hatred, in their enmity for this team. And root against them. And that's exactly what would happen with the Cowboys because of all the things you mentioned, because of Jerry and the show and the whole production of it and all these Cowboy fans that would come out of the woodwork like they've been diehards for the past 25 years. It would give us a villain, and sports is always more fun when there is a villain. So stats is rooting for the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. I also think, because if, if you talk about characters, you mentioned Jerry. Like the Jerry parade would be... Unreal. Like, I mean, the self parade to be very clear. <laughs> right. Um, and I do think that it would it would unlock Jimmy Johnson being put in the Ring of Honor, which yep, I, I personally want to see that. happen. Like, it, it would it would make that happen. I know we were kind of tweeting about that this week uh, because that's what I mean. Everybody believes that, right? Like, Jer Jerry has to win one on his own to prove that like he can before he can put Jimmy in the Ring of Honor. So like that needs to happen for the good of football. Again, obviously for the good of the Cowboys, but also on the subject of characters. I mean, j just I mean, like I just want to see. Aaron Rodgers asked about Mike McCarthy winning the Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys. Like it, it would be amazing. I mean, it would be, and like, would you agree that no, no NFL coach, especially no Super Bowl winning head coach, has been dunked on more than Mike McCarthy? It would be kind of funny, like to see him like get the last laugh on people. Like, like that would be a lot of fun to watch. And again, it would be a special amount of fun for me specifically. But I really do think that if you are an objective third party viewer it would be a really interesting and entertaining sort of situation. That part of it wouldn't be entertaining, but seeing Aaron have to talk about that and potentially give Mike McCarthy credit 
would oh, dude. be like, joyful. Can, can't you imagine, like, sorry, not to interrupt you, but, like, on next year's match or whatever, like, everybody made a big deal about uh, when Patrick Mahomes was like, what's Josh Allen's greatest fear? A coin toss. Like, imagine it's it's Aaron and, and Brady teamed up again to, like, defend their match title. And, you know, Brady's asked, like, what's what what's Aaron Rodgers' biggest pet peeve? And then he might be like, – because, like, that's how they are. But, well, uh, Mike McCarthy has more Super Bowls than he does. Like, or something like that. Like, it'd be so funny. Like, I, I want to see that happen so badly. Yeah, because you know Aaron just thinks that he's completely carried McCarthy and mm-hmm. that he succeeded despite him, which, by the way, so do I. But, uh, yeah, that would be fun to, to see him kind of have to grit through his teeth and give Mike McCarthy a compliment. All right, I'm with you on that one. What do you got at number two? Number two. So I wanted to come out the gate strong and, um, you know, upset you, uh, really, <laughs> was, was my thinking. But number two, and, and again, like, I'm coming from the perspective of I want to be entertained. Like, I, I want – that is such a fun time in the NFL when there's one story that kind of captivates all of us. You look at uh, – this isn't even, like, really technically NFL-related, but the, the baseball, fantasy football story, like, so, something like that that everyone can sink their teeth into. So that being said, we haven't really seen something like this, so I, I do want to see it. Trey Lance – is benched for Jimmy Garoppolo for performance reasons, not an injury or anything like that. I want to see Trey Lance benched because he is playing poorly. That would be a chaotic twister. I mean, like I, I can't, I don't personally wish this on you because that hellhole would, would be just miserable <laughs> for you. But like, that would be so, inter- and what precedent is there for that? Like, like name the situation where that has happened before. There isn't one. No, because how many guys are worth three first-round picks? And that's what the 49ers gave up to get Trey Lance. Right. So for him to be benched, you're essentially talking about, what, six games, eight games into his NFL career, and he would get benched. That would be a national story for sure. Uh, I think the only way that happens is obviously if Jimmy's still on the roster, which I don't. One of the things on my list was that Jimmy G gets traded specifically to the Panthers because I want to see him revealed to the world as somebody that was propped up by Kyle Shanahan. Oh, you want to see him exposed. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I want to see the stands have to eat their words. I do. And the 49ers play the Panthers this year. You'll never get that moment. that would just be the ultimate. Trey Lance whooping on Jimmy Garoppolo, and we just watched the 49ers grind the Panthers into a pulp. Keep in mind, last time they played, the Niners put up 50 points on them. It's interesting that the Panthers are most connected to both Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield, and they happen to play both the 49ers and the Browns this season. So, like, if they if they go down mystery doors, you know, one or two, they'll have to have that moment, you know, yep. of, of, like, revenge or whatever for their quarterback if they do do that. Um, and wasn't, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't their first game last year against the Jets? So, like, they literally had to unveil Sam Darnold to, like, the Jets. Like, that was yes. crazy. But, uh, but anyway, so... I, I would love to see that. Like that would be so entertaining. Just just to see and and I do think that that would what that would set up stats and maybe you don't agree with this. And again, it's a hypothetical. It would set up Trey Lance demanding to be traded the next year, in twenty twenty three. Maybe, but like, who cares? What's be, he going to do? Hold out? He at that point he'd be your backup quarterback. Big deal. It'd be interesting. It'd be fun. It'd be entertaining. You just I'm, want. Look at your first two things in the list. A championship for the Cowboys <laughs> and chaos for the 49ers. You know what that tells me? Clearly, you see the 49ers as the biggest threat in the NFC, and you're worried about them. That's what um, it tells me. Are you ready for my number three? You just skipped right over that. Go ahead. Uh, my number three. So, like, I admit, the first two were kind of, like, big asks, right? Like, I showed up. I was like, I want the most expensive thing on the menu, right? Like, so th- <laughs> <laughs> this isn't like that. Um, the Buffalo Bills reached the AFC championship game. 
that's what I want to see. And I mean, like, I realize that, you know, the Bills have had success, um, that, that, you know, that success has been impressive. Um, and so I'm, I'm not saying, you know, that they've achieved nothing, but I want to see that. I want to see the Buffalo and I don't want to give them the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to see them earn a little bit. That's why, like, I've only put them in the AFC championship game. I want to see them get to that point and have a chance because, if I'm being honest, the most likely thing coming for them this season is regression. And I, we've hated on the Bills and like they're whining about the coin toss and everything, blah, blah, blah. And I would love to be wrong there, but it does feel like that's coming. But I just I, I, like you, you could kind of see this as being the last the, the year. This is to me reminds me of the 2018 New Orleans Saints that made it to the NFC championship game, the pass interference game. Like that was kind of the last run of of that like nucleus and, and not that last run because obviously like Kamara and Ramchick and all those players are you know have had great careers but that was like the last run of them being together and and things being like at their peak as one nucleus obviously Drew Brees really fell off a cliff from an arm talent standpoint after that and like I could kind of see that like I mean Stefan Diggs has been amazing in Buffalo since day one and like at a certain point the regressions come in there right like at a, at a certain point like this this magic dust like expires or, or you run out of it and so I want to see them get there and have their chance. That's that's what I want. Number three. I don't, how could anybody be rooting against the Bills, right? They have an incredibly loyal fan base. They have a quarterback that seemingly is very, very likable. Plus the way he plays, he's so much fun to watch as just as a quarterback. Like who is really rooting against, unless you're like a Patriot fan, I just feel like the, the non-invested kind of neutral NFL fan when it comes to Buffalo is definitely pulling for them. Can you imagine... The, the pregame celebration, the tailgating, if the Bills are in the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl, we'll be lighting tables on fire. It'd be madness. Um, I agree. I mean, the table thing, it'd be fun. And, like, it would be – it would help quell the, like, annoyingness of, like, they were so close, they were robbed. Like, okay, you were robbed, then go back and take it. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I want to see you do, Bills. Go back and take it. I'll get you that far. I'll get you to the AFC Championship game. Um and prove me wrong, you know, or not prove me wrong, but prove a lot of people wrong. You know, a lot of people think you can't do it. A lot of people think that was the peak. I would love to see it happen. We could be looking at an AFC playoffs. Like if I could pick the AFC playoffs, give me like the Bills, the Ravens, the Bengals, the Colts, the Broncos, no, the Chiefs, I, and the I Chargers. I hope the Colts win three games this year. Here's why I want the Colts to get in. I want Matt Ryan to not be playing and Nick Foles to be on back again on the no, quest dude, to win I, another Super Bowl. I in no way want that because that will only feed Frank Reich. Oh, his, his guy, but like, no, that, I don't want that. But at all. here's my, like, you got to pick somebody from the AFC South. Unfortunately, I wish we could just exclude them altogether. But so I picked them on uh, Tennessee. Like, no, I've seen enough Ryan Tannehill. We're good there. Uh, but like the, there could be no crappy, AFC playoff games. It could be just legendary AFC playoff field this year. I have an AFC thing, but I'll save it. Um, just, you know, bit of a spoiler there. Uh, do you want me to keep going? Because I had more on this list than you did. Uh, I have one that I want to okay. get to. Uh, this is not fun by any means, but if I could wave a magic wand, I would do it. And I would make sure that Deshaun Watson does not play a single game this season and maybe never plays again. And I know all the civil litigation is pending. I don't care about the outcome of the civil litigation. I'm sorry. There are 23 now complaints against him. The most recent one alleges that he paid an owner of a massage parlor $5,000 to find women for him. It wasn't about the massages. Like, I'm sorry, man. And I'm tired of this 
crap. I want to see some punishment for him. I want to see some punishment for a team that essentially rewarded him despite all of this stuff. Like it's got to stop. There has to be some line somewhere that no matter how good a player is, they can potentially do things off the field that precludes them from playing in the national football league. And if it's not this, what the hell is it? Uh, Deshaun's attorney went on the radio. I'm sure you saw this on, I think Friday morning um, and had a very, 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 very disgusting and out of touch um, line to say the least. Um, I, I agree with you. I don't, I was, you know, because I thought about putting this on my list, to be honest with you. Um, and I was trying to think of like a precedent for this, because generally speaking, you know, most NFL players who find themselves connected to some sort of heinous crime um, are already on NFL teams. Right. And, and Deshaun obviously was on the Texans, but it's so rare, you know, that this situation happens where he's on a new team. And the only situation that I could kind of compare this to happened to involve my team in the Dallas Cowboys when Greg Hardy was under investigation. And what was kind of gross you know, it's actually incredibly gross was the Cowboys sort of factored that into the contract they gave him. I mean, they, they protected themselves for every game. He was suspended, uh, which Deshaun's, you know, agency helped combat against with his contract, which was then celebrated by all of the major NFL insiders, which added to the grossness here. And I think like what, what really like accentuates the Deshaun, the Deshaun situation isn't, you know, unlike Greg Hardy, not to say one is good or anything. Um, Greg Hardy was just a free agent. He, he wasn't, you know, he didn't want, didn't want out of Carolina at the time. He wasn't this like amazing player, you know, seemingly that was demanding a trade. And it's just, it's really disgusting that, that Deshaun has won in, in a lot of like, measurable ways right like he got what he wanted in houston he got paid last year to do nothing um he's gotten paid he got this landmark record-setting deal and he's being you know lavished and treated like you know the new hot free agent coming to town um and that's really disgusting i mean it it's it's all disgusting and gross um and so i, I don't have a problem with this i agree with you like at some point like and this, this is more about the NFL. Like, you know what, like NFL, like we drag you all the time, rightly so, but like prove you have some sort of backbone. Like, like prove you care about like human decency for once in your life. Because if you don't, then like this is just really depressing. And it would be another example of the league, you know, operating under the mindset like we can do anything and people will still watch. And that's true, but you admitting it is really gross. I just, I can't tolerate that. Well, he's a great player. Like we've seen... The NFL can do it. They can keep somebody out of the league if we want, if they want to. We've seen it with Colin Kaepernick. Five years he's been out of the league. Uh, oh, we got to try it with the big deal. He's out of the league for doing nothing wrong. So we know the NFL can blackball people if they want to. They just choose not to. And again, if there has to be something that could take place that would be too a bridge too far for the NFL, and if it's not this what how could it what is it like i just i can't reconcile that in my mind and i know deshaun is a great quarterback and he is but damn man for the for rusty harden to say what he said as he ended that interview mm. about how if things that happen at the end of massages that might happen sexually aren't illegal like what what are we it's, it's really gross i mean it's it's really stre- it's i mean like people I don't mean to compare these things at all, but people get mad at Bill Belichick because he explores like every nook and cranny of the rule book, right? And they're like, that's lame, you know, that you're doing. It's like, well, it's it's illegal, right? Like I'm not I'm not breaking the the NFL rules or anything like that. And that's like what what Rusty's doing. I mean, he's he's saying things that are literally not illegal, literally, you know, 
allowable, but they're really gross and, and they're really, really embarrassing and unbecoming. And it's just frustrating. I mean, I'm with you. It's, it's really, really sad is, is what the situation is. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, let's pivot to something that's actually enjoyable to talk about and hear about. What else you got on your list? So... Number four on my list, again, my list of seven, is that a safety wins Defensive Player of the Year. Not a cornerback, a safety. Can you name the last safety to win Defensive Player of the Year and name the year that it happened? Oh, man. Uh, Troy Palomalu. The year? Oh, I'm really bad at this. I don't know, 2008? Honestly, that really wasn't that bad. I can tell you. I know for certain that James Harrison won Defensive Player of the Year in 2008 because DeMarcus Ware was robbed. Um, so that's why I remember that <laughs> one so vividly. But uh, it was his teammate, Troy Palomalu, who won it two years later in 2010. Um, so that was the last time that a safety won Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, before that, it was 2007. Can you name which safety won it then? Hmm. Bob Sanders. That's correct. And before that, there, it was 2004. Can you name that safety? No. Ah, you're going to kick yourself. 2004 was Ed Reed. Um, Oh, he did get one. Okay. So before that, though, before 2004, the only other time that a safety, or excuse me, two times, two other times that a safety won Defensive Player of the Year since it became an award after the merger were in 1984 when Kenny Easley won it and in 1973 when Dick Anderson won it. So we're talking about there have been five safeties who've won Defensive Player of the Year, and it's been 12 years now since one. Like, who was the top safety in the NFL? Like, who, who is the, the one? The one you think of. Like, who is the first one that comes to mind? Uh, Derwin James? Derwin James is up there. I think Jesse Bates is a big name now, obviously. Yep. Um, you know, Kyle Hamilton has a chance to be up there. I think a lot of people think of Harrison Smith. I mean, just, but it's just like names. Like, I like that was such a fun time to be a football fan. When those dudes were like balling, I mean, it was not fun when your team played them, but like those dudes were different. I, I want to see that. Like, I want to see the return of like the safety in the end. I know the game's different and I know that the position is undervalued and I understand why and I'm not arguing against that, but I want to see that. Like, I want to see an elite safety here. I think it's harder to be a safety now than it's ever been in the history of the NFL. You can't smash people over the middle like you used to be able to. You can't touch them because you got to get past interference. And you've got to do so many more jobs. You've got to potentially be able to cover these lightning quick guys in the slot. You've got to be able to come up at the line of scrimmage and play the run. And you've got to be able to cover these massive 
freakish athlete tight ends who are 6'4", 6'5", 230 pounds, can run like deer. Like, I think that you have more to handle as a safety than you've ever had before. And we, as a fan base, have no idea how to evaluate safety play. None whatsoever. All we look at are like pass breakups, interceptions, and like tackles. When really, if you're a safety and you do your job, Nobody ever mentions you. The ball never goes your way, and you never get any credit for that. You know, Honey Badger is probably the best one. Like, I was thinking about it more while you were talking. Like, that's he's it's definitely, like, the biggest household name. And he's probably the best example of, like, you don't really see the impact that he has. Like, he's awesome. Blah. Like, I would just – I would love to see that. Like, I want to see that so badly. Like, I like hearken me back to my younger days. By the way, uh, something else I want to see uh, – happen to literally see right now. BLG just tweeted from Eagles OTAs. Jalen Hurts overthrew an open A.J. Brown deep down the right sideline. I hate that. I hate play-by-play and people keeping statistics from OTAs and preseason. It drives me crazy. There are certain times of year that are awesome for Twitter. Trade deadline times of year. Free agency when that starts. National signing day. When you're like waiting for news to come across, it's awesome. The worst days for Twitter are days like this. When beat writers are tweeting out what happens at an OTA practice. It's a snapshot of a snapshot of a snapshot and people freak out about it. Wow. Tell BLG how you really feel. Yeah, I will. Um, Okay. Are you ready for my number five? Because you only had two, right? Yes. Okay. So you're ready for my number five. I think this is the one that's going to get like the most universal level of agreement. Um, And so to be clear, this football season means like through the Super Bowl, right? Like that's, that's the whole football season. Um, Now you might disagree with my like most recent inspiration for this point, but number five on my list, things I would love to guarantee happen this football season, the pro football hall of fame does not have any political exclusions. And by that, I mean, I don't want a single like, well, he's in, but he's not a first ballot guy. Like, oh, he's in, but we just, we had too many receivers this year. Like, no, I just like, who are the best players? Put them in the hall of fame. That's, it's a really simple exercise. I, I know that like, not everybody feels the same. It's a joke that DeMarcus Ware was excluded last year. And it's because he's not a first ballot guy. He has to wait. He has to pay his dues. But that's, that's the dumbest, most archaic, most asinine thought process. I can't believe that we still operate that way when it comes to like the greatest fraternity that this game has to offer. So I, I want there to be just simple, standard operating procedure when it comes to the Hall of Fame next year. Anytime you have a process, a rule that interferes with doing what's right, change the rule like yeah. the the process the voting process and rules that they have at the nfl is affecting the order of who gets into the hall of fame that that's just backwards it shouldn't it should be the other way around like i i don't like that they have this whole system of politics like like you were talking with terrell owens like he's a first ballot hall of famer yeah but it's... they just chose not to do it because he had to pay his dues which is absurd like that is not the purpose of this. You're not supposed to exact revenge or make somebody have to pay their dues after they've spent a career paying their dues to get to deserve to get into the Hall of Fame. And let's be honest, with what we've seen the last two years with living through a pandemic, you know, we can't just assume that everybody's going to be around a year later, two years later. Like, no, give these people like, the honor they deserve when they can enjoy it. I agree. And like, honestly, what I really hate is... um and like, if you allow me to flesh this out, I hate like, like after Ken Stabler passed away, it was like, boom, you know what I mean? Like, well, we got to put him in that. Like, why? Like, like if, like, I, like, I think Ken Stabler belongs in the hall of fame, but like, if you didn't think he was a hall of famer before, 
Like, don't let yourself get emotionally swayed. You, you know what I mean? Like, and that's like, that's proof enough that the system is flawed. You know, like, it's ridiculous. I just, I hate the whole thing. I hate the, like, Peyton Manning's uh, debate for Pro Football Hall of Fame candidacy lasted 17 seconds. Like, I, I hate those tweets. Like, that is so dumb. Like, all it is is, like, the over, I love Peyton Manning, but, like, the overglorification of the people who the sports writers loved and the diminishing of the people who they didn't like. I mean, and then you have one person who makes, like, a passionate plea for somebody, and they, that person gets in, everybody says, well, that, that person wouldn't be in if not for whatever. That's cool, but that person should be in because you should do your job. Like, you know, it's, it's a really straightforward thing it's not difficult to understand i like the fact that like you can make an argument for a person because i do think that there totally. are there's more than just the numbers you put down in the stat sheet for sure for me but i agree that the influence of the people that are well liked and the people that aren't not even if you're you don't necessarily have to be disliked but some people do get an artificial boost just from their personality and the fact that the sports writers may like them it's dumb. All right, are we ready for my number six? Yes. Okay, this one, again, now I'm starting to look out for, like, the group. Like, because the first one was very, very personal. The second one was, look, and look, if I'll be honest, that's the second one was all about the look ahead. Like, if Trey Lance got benched for performance reasons, the look ahead would be sick. I mean, like, so oh I, I'm, I'm really looking out for content here. Uh, but uh, everybody will agree with number six. Every primetime game is amazing. You mentioned like there are certain moments or times of year or windows where Twitter is awesome. There is nothing like Twitter in, in the fourth quarter of an amazing game that's on prime time. Because like if it's happening in the three o'clock window on Sunday, not everybody's watching that game with as much attention. But if it's a prime time game, everybody's watching, everybody's together, everybody's experiencing all at the same time. So my wish, my guarantee would be that every single prime time game is amazing. That doesn't mean that every single one has like a game winning field goal or game winning touchdown, but it is a high quality game from start to finish. I don't even necessarily need a high quality game. Just give me something to sink my teeth into. Like the fail Mary. Great. Like, holy hell. What yeah. just happened at the end of this game? I don't remember anything else about that game. I don't remember a single other play from that game. It could have been a terrible game. Could have been a great game. But that's something memorable that I can sink my teeth into and really dive into. Um, maybe I'll amend it to give us a moment from every game that is every primetime game that is like exciting or funny. Like it's something that we can talk about. Like I, you'll know, was it Joe Staley? I think it was a Thursday night game in St. Louis that he got caught on, on Mike, like scream. What, like what was he screaming? <laughs> like, he was, it was hurt. He got right, hurt right, right. and he was screaming like, ow, ow. And then he came no, back in the game. It wasn't like, like that. It was like, ah! like it was like, like the most, uh, I'm and like, I wasn't there obviously, but like, it was the most like unbelievable pain a human being could experience. Like that was the way he was screaming. And he came back into the game and we've had him on and he's poked fun at himself about that. Cause we brought that game up and he was like, yeah, that was the game where I was screaming my head off. So like, he's aware. I, I mean, I don't know. Was he faking it to try and get a flag? Like, I don't know what happened there. But maybe it was kind of situation like, you know, when you stub your toe and for like, it's like the worst, seconds, it's like the worst pain of all time for yes. for like a second. Yeah, for totally. three seconds. You think that your life is just going to be nothing but agony and then it goes away. Maybe it was something like that. I don't know. So that's what, like that. But that soundbite moment, like give it give every game, every primetime game, something like that. And it does again, it doesn't have to be amazing or riveting or like the tie, like or the, the tie that wasn't between the Chargers. Like that awesome. was so much fun to just live out on Twitter, like as, as the situation was unfolding. So I want that. So, um, you know, my list shaping up pretty good. Um, are you ready for my final one? And then <laughs> and then you have to come up with one on the spot. So we have 10. Great. My final one. Trevor Lawrence takes the leap 
is an elite AFC quarterback. We got so many AFC quarterbacks. You mentioned like, oh, the AFC playoffs, blah, blah, blah. That's my AFC South team. Trevor Lawrence, show up, be the guy, be the prodigy, be the chosen one that you were. Christian Kirk, justify the contract, whatever. Doug Peterson, go off, stunt on the Eagles, like do whatever you want. Have Trevor Lawrence jump the way Joe Burrow did. That would be incredible like incredible theater and it, we always have the like first or worst to first team in a division blah blah let the jaguars be that team let trevor lawrence be the guy that's what i want to see i Why? hate that he's like so forgotten like i just i want to see that great career unfold like i like there was something satisfying about andrew luck's career i get that it had like a an unsatisfying end as far as like depth i mean i'm very happy for him personally but like there was something satisfying to the idea that like he was this like anointed prodigy prospect and that he became that person like that that happens far less often than we realize. And so like, I want to see that. I want to see like, this is the dude that was hyped and hyped and hyped and hyped and hyped. Deliver on it. Like, I, I want to see the, 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 the finish of that story, the culmination of that story. I see what you're saying with Andrew Luck. He absolutely like, he was billed to be incredible and he was, and he was pretty much immediate. And that was, that's cool to see. Uh, I don't feel the same way about Trevor Lawrence. I don't know why. I think that Trevor was overhyped, to be honest with you, wow. coming in. And so, uh, you know, I, I do feel bad that like he's he has to overcome his surroundings. Now maybe it'll be better with Doug Peterson, but like he got thrown into a situation in Jacksonville that's just ridiculous. Like no one could have succeeded there when the head coach is not flying back with the team so he can go get rubbed up on by somebody that's not his wife and then he's kicking players and making, you know, racist comments. Like no one's going to thrive in that scenario. So I do feel bad from him from that standpoint, but I don't have any extra love for Trevor Lawrence. I don't care if he, you know, is never a starter again after this year. I also want to see the Jets suffer just because like it's funny <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Haven't but, they suffered enough? <laughs> no, but like I I want to see like an SB Nation or like a um I mean obviously like that's us, but like I want to see um, you know, like like a documentary series that is is like a rewinder on do you remember the who do you remember who the Jets beat in twenty twenty? That, or excuse me, in 2019, that set them up to not have the number one overall pick. Like, the win that made the difference for them. No. They beat Jared Goff's L.A. Rams oh, in 2019. And, and that was it. And, like, every like half of the Jets fans were like, oh, yeah, we did it, blah, blah, whatever. And they were free of Adam Gase. And it was it was this great moment. But at what cost? Like if and like those are those are the the like the butterfly effect moments that we look at as sports fans, right? Like, if we had just lost that game... We would have Trevor Lawrence, not Zach Wilson. You know what I mean? Like, I want to see that. Like, I, I, I want to be entertained by this. Like, I'm all about entertainment, baby. You're all about kicking people who are done. The Jets have the longest playoff drought in the NFL right now. Oh, they well. drafted Sam Darnold high. He was a giant bust. They drafted Wilson this last year. And look, he could be good. But right now, it's certainly not looking good. Uh, so I just think that's mean by you. You're just Come up with one. Finish, finish strong. Come up with one on the fly. All right. If I have to go on the fly, I want to see Baker Mayfield get a chance to be a starter with a real team. And I don't want to say Seattle because they play in the NFC West and I don't want Seattle to ever be good again for as long as I live. So you want like a Teddy Bridgewater situation. Obviously, you don't want anybody to be hurt, uh, but you want an opportunity to arise for Baker that is with a a more substantial team the way the Vikings were more substantial with Teddy Bridgewater in 2016. Yeah. Right. Because I'm still not convinced that Baker is this terrible quarterback. And, and I have to admit 
I'm giving a little bias because I like Baker. I like his personality. I like interesting people and interesting characters, especially now as someone that is not only a fan of the NFL, but also covers the league. He's more interesting. I hated the, the Jimmy Garoppolo press conference where he's just, uh, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes it rains. Like, I don't need that. I got 50 of those guys across the league. That's why I like Lamar Jackson. Lamar is 100% real and honest when he's at the podium. I like interesting characters, and Baker is that. I also, to that point, I agree with everything you're saying. I understand that he might be annoying to some people, but annoyance is is like a branch of interesting. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, but to that point, like we're both kind of like, I think a lot of people hate the Browns now. Like the Browns, like you're talking about villain. Like the Browns are like a real villain. The Cowboys winning the Super Bowl would be like the cartoon villain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but So the Browns are like a real villain. It would be hilarious and feel really good, I think, if the Browns were, just were in this mess and Baker went and, pl- and prospered or flourished or whatever. Like, that would be really, really satisfying to see, too. So, you know good- what it is? I want Baker to go to Pittsburgh. I want the Browns to have to cut Baker. Oh, God. Let him that go would be to Pittsburgh, awesome. Thrive and then get to stick it to them twice a year. Like, yes, please, please, please. He would be really like like Bergy too. Like, I don't think Mitchell Trubisky has the personality that like the Yinzers really, you know, rally around. Like Baker has some of that, like Ben Roethlisberger moxie to him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. And like he inspires creativity and, and strong reactions from other players. Right. Remember when the Browns played the Niners and Nick Bosa just went nuts and started pretending to wave the flag. He's doing that because of something that Baker Mayfield did. So Baker's making other people more interesting. Like mm. it, we need more of that. Yeah. It's not- I w- just I want to see Baker me. reach a point of confidence where he's like doing a press conference and he's like asked about him. He's like, yeah, I mean, I see why, like, I see why you would want to take an NFL team out of that city. Like, like a comment like that, like, you know, <laughs> like it would be awesome. Right. Like, like lean into it. I'm totally with you. Great way to end it. That was awesome. There you go. If you've got something you want to see, please, please, please let us know. Leave us a five-star rating. Leave it in your review. I promise you, you leave it. We read it. That is the deal here on the SB Nation NFL show. I just came up with that on the fly. I am a wizard, RJ. Yeah, you are Gandalf. I am Dumbledore. And we are crossing over um, different uh, magical universes and properties. Who wins? Gandalf, Dumbledore. Dumbledore, easily. I don't know about that. Don't Gandalf had Gandalf. to cheat and like be reborn. So, not exactly man, Whatever, man. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Well said. All right. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.